Let's continue. Luke 19.13. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. These are the words of Jesus. The Great Commission is all about the preaching and the teaching of the message of victory. Correct? And occupy, that word, occupy is what we should do in order to fulfill the Great Commission. Why occupy? Why the word, why did Jesus use the word occupy? For one thing, because there is no more war to win. A great military, I don't know if he was a general, Napoleon Bonaparte, he said, the object of war is victory. But the object of victory is occupation. We are an occupational force. We are here not to win our own victories, but to enforce the victory of Jesus Christ. And we do that wherever and whenever we are and whenever he wants us to go and to be. Why are we to enforce the victory? Because it has to be enforced. If we do not enforce victory, the scripture says the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. There is a real enemy, and he is a lawless one. Even though he's defeated, he's not yet condemned to hell. He is prowling like a lion. He is killing, he's stealing, and he's destroying. That's his work. Yes, Jesus has won the victory, but through every battle, we need to enforce that victory. In every battle, in every battle of life, in every problem, in every situation, our mindset should be enforce the victory of Christ. And we don't say no for an answer. We do not give up until there is victory. Now, I'm going to get more deeper this time. And I want you to listen very hard. Or not very hard, just listen. Okay. Satan knows he is defeated. Okay. It's just sometimes we don't know that. But he knows he's defeated, and all his demons are already defeated, okay? So, if he knows that, if you are a committed Christian who loves the Lord, who said to the Lord, Lord, and abuse me, when you said that to the Lord before, what will happen? He will not fight you head on. He will not just appear and whoop, 
now because you're too smart for them. So what will happen? He will go back door. He'll enter the back gate, okay? Because he's a thief. He's a robber. He works in the night. Alright? That's why, for him, how can you defeat a winning team? If you're in sports, okay? If you're in sports and you're in a losing team, how will you ever defeat a winning team? Keep goals. Keep? Keep goals. Keep goals. <laughs> very simple. It's very simple. Divide and conquer. It's very simple. Divide the strong and they will become weak. Divide and conquer. And what he has been using, and I will talk a little serious. Okay? Not that I am as part of the body of Christ. Okay. I've been in the ministry for 30 years. So just permit me to say this. Okay. And uh, just listen with an open heart. What he has done to the strong body of Christ is he has used brother against brother, sister, against sister, lead member against leaders, leaders against leaders, leaders against members. What for? A kingdom divided will never We are not powerful at this point, not because we don't have the anointing. We are not powerful at this point, not because we are weak. We are powerless because we are divided. Now, everybody knows that, but I will share a secret. You like secrets? Ready for a paradigm shift? Yes. Ready to come against this wile of the enemy? Okay? Because God's going to equip you tonight. He's going to enlighten you. He's going to make you remember things. And He's going to make you wise. Alright? Joshua 5. Because this is this second part is short, but it's loaded, okay? Short but loaded. Joshua 5. And it came, Joshua 5, 13 to 14. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted his eyes and looked. And behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. Wow, that's an amazing sight. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, No, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face 
to the earth and worship and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? In this short passage, God will teach us something. The first generation of Israelites were not able to dispossess the enemy and occupy the promised land, correct? God raised another generation under the leadership of Joshua. The second generation, we all know, we all know, dispossessed their enemies, fought in enemy territory, and occupied the promised land, correct? But before the victory, something happened to Joshua. And this encounter with God changed him and assured him that he's going to have victory one day. If you get the secret of this passage, we will overcome this unity in the body. Okay? So are you ready? What did... Of course, they were about, Joshua was a military man. Then he lifted his eyes, he saw. Oh, it, it must be a man with such glory that his sword was drawn in his hand. Oh, it must be such an overwhelming sight that Joshua had to say, Hey, are you for us or for our enemies? He, it might have been a mighty man a mighty man of valor. And of course, you want him on his side, on your side, correct? That's why he asked, are you for us or for our enemies? And you know, it's amazing because we all know the one he was talking to was the Lord himself. What the Lord answered is the key to victory. Look at what he said. Are you for us or for our enemies? He said, no, no, I am neither for you, I am neither for your enemies. What is he saying? Lo and behold, God does not interfere with human sides. He does not take human sides. He never takes anyone's side. Not even your side against your enemy. He said, neither. I am neither for you nor for your enemies. Why? You've got to remember God is love. You've got to remember everything he does is done out of love. He loves everybody unconditionally. Unconditionally. If you're here tonight, let allow Jesus to tell you how much He loves you. It does not matter. 
It does not matter if you were an enemy or not. It does not matter if you were a follower or not. It does not even matter if you pray or not, if you read the Bible or not, if you go to church or not, if you hate God or not, or love God. God loves everyone. He loves everyone. He loves everyone. He is neither for anyone. He does not take any human side in any argument, in any problem. You've got to get this because it's going to liberate you today. What did he say? Look at the answer. No, but now as commander of the army of the Lord, I have come. What is he saying? I don't take human side, but you need to take my side. Take my side. Amen? Amen. Take my side. You know, I know a lot of people don't go to church because they've been hurt by the church. I know that. I know, I know that because I'm a worker of the church. I know a lot of people do not believe the church because they have been wounded and hurt by the church themselves. I know that. We all know that. And not only that, even inside the church, we hurt one another. We just do. That's why even believers who are part of churches are not anymore inside. Am I correct? And we forgot there is only one side that we should take. There is only one side. His name is Jesus. And he loves his body and he loves his church. He died for his church. And there are people out there in the world who is part of the church that needs to come in. But we need to take God's He's saying this, I neither am for you or for your enemies. He's revealing this because he wants to protect us. He wants to protect the body of Christ. He wants to protect his people because he knows how the enemy works. He knows how. He has come to divide and conquer. Am I saying there is no right or wrong? I'm not saying that. Because that's not the issue. The issue is not who is right 
and who is wrong. The issue has always been, are you taking God's side? One day the Lord took me to this passage and then I understood more. This is before Adam sinned. And it says there, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat it. For in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. When I, when I hated God, did not know the Lord Jesus, I looked at that passage before and I said, you are so unfair, I said to him. If you did not want him to eat the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, why did you put it in the first place in the garden? And it might have come across your mind too. Then, when I became born again, I realized God is a just God. That He will always give man the free will to choose, whether to love Him or obey Him. And then I found out in that passage, I did not write it down, I did not, but in verse 9, in the middle of the garden was not only the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In verse 9, it was side by side with the tree of life. Did you know that? So, God gave him two trees in the garden. I thought it was only one. So there were many, many trees. But there was two trees. And he was saying, Adam, my love, what will you choose? Would you choose the tree of life? Or would you choose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? You see, he died not only because he disobeyed. He died because that tree is a poisonous tree. It had the knowledge of good and evil apart from God. You see, Every argument in the world, every argument in the church, every argument in the family originates from two people saying, I am right and you are wrong. The knowledge I am right and you are wrong. And the other person will say, no, you are wrong and I am right. Then what will happen? Divide. Correct? Families are divided with that tree of knowledge. Churches are divided with the tree of knowledge. Nation, rise up against nation. Because one nation thinks he is right and the other nation 
is just plain wrong, and I will occupy you. So the issue is, this is wisdom. From now on, choose the tree of life. That means in every situation, in every problem, it's not the issue of who's right or wrong. It's the issue of what brings life or what brings death. Out of this situation, what will bring life? It's not who's right or wrong. Amen? I had this experience now. I will... I almost finished. Okay? But, wait, I'll finish her so I can end with a story. It says there, for where envying, that's why you cannot compare anymore. You have to know who you are. You cannot envy. For where envying and strife is, look at there. Where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work in your house? Do you want every evil work in the church? Do you want every, every kind of confusion attacking us? Nobody wants it. But you see, what's the back door? The back door is strife. The back door is me against somebody else. Somebody else against me. Father against daughter. Daughter against mother. Cousins against cousins. Never ending. It's still the garden up to now. It's still the fight. Amen? But God is saying, there's a way out. There's a tree of life. And his name is Jesus. Jesus said, I am the truth. I am the way. I am the life. He is that tree. Partake of him. Partake of his words. Ask him, Lord Jesus, what do you say? It's not what people say. It's what he says. It's what he says that will bring life. Amen? Amen. And you close door to strife. One day I told somebody, because she was already so oppressed, because people, uh, there are, a person has been fighting that person. And I told her, you see, strife happens by twos. Two individuals, two groups, two camps, two nations, two churches. If they fight you, you don't need to fight them. Amen. Amen. If they fight you, you shut the door. You say, Aha, Satan, you're not coming near me. I forgive this person. I release this person. I bless this person. I love this person. By the way, Christian, you don't need to feel it in order to become a reality. You 
You don't need to feel love, tingling sensation. You love by faith because the love of God has been poured in your heart. It is deposited here. It's a spiritual force. It's what kept Jesus on the cross. It's what kept him hanging until he received victory for you. Love is the most powerful force in the universe. Most powerful force in the universe. That's why love can conquer strife. Love can conquer anger. Love can conquer confusion. Love can conquer anything. As long as you don't go into strife. Amen? Even if people fight you, ignore it. <laughs> go on loving them. Go your way. Go on doing good. Don't let it affect you. Be who you are. Then the devil is shut out. Amen? Amen. It's shut out. Don't harbor bitterness. Let it go. It's heavy anyway. Isn't it heavy? Somebody did you wrong. And you're talking about that person. It happened 20 years ago. Let it go. Let it go. It's a biblical song. Let it go. You know, in the cartoons, you've got to let it go. If you want to be happy, if you want to be in peace, don't make anyone your enemy. Even if he's angry at you, then that's his problem. Do you understand? That's his problem. It's not your problem. Go and be happy. Go and forgive. Let go. Let go of bitterness. It says there, even in the church, Hebrews, it's bitterness that defiles many. It's a root of evil. Amen? So if you find yourself taking side, uh-uh, paradigm shift. Take God's side. That means you don't take any human side.